Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, January the 26th, 2022, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're on page 162, the first paragraph that begins every few days this doctor, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers, and thank you for your service, Reggie O for the 12 Steps, Deb M for the 12 Traditions, readers of the text, Nancy T, Jean S, and Devorah S, Our newcomer greeter is Alana P, and our second-hour host is Leah F. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 18,457. That's 18457. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 18,458. That's 18458. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much for your service and everybody that's here. Uh, my name is Reggie O. I'm gratefully recovered in Texas, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, Reggie O. And I will now ask Deb M. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Deborah M. from Baltimore, Maryland, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might uh, never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you, Deb M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 162, reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins every few days this doctor. And I'll now ask Nancy T. to please begin reading. 
Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. Uh, <clears throat> I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Many of us, former patients, go there to help. Then, in this eastern city, there are informal meetings, such as we have described to you, where you may now see scores of members. There are the same fast friendships. There is the same helpfulness to one another as you find among our Western friends. There is a good bit of travel between East and West, and we foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange. Wow, I wonder if they had any idea what that increase would look like, right? It's gotten so big. And even at that time, though, <clears throat> it says that this doctor saw patients who were in need of the program every few days. So it was a frequent um, thing that he did, which was to recommend the program of recovery to his patients who were suffering. And it, um, I liked that it said he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. So he's not afraid to tell them it's a spiritual basis, um, but willing and able to recover. You know, I always, I had a um, sponsee call me to see if I had an opening a little while ago. And the first words out of her mouth when we talked at our arranged time was, I'm desperate. And I was like, awesome, that's perfect, because that's right where you need to be. They have to be desperate. In, in my experience, for me, I had to be desperate before I was willing and able. And that's been my experience with most of the people I work with, is that unless they're desperate, they're not willing or able to recover on a spiritual basis. And so that's, you know, that says a lot right there in that in that sentence. But then it talks about, they go in again to talk about this camaraderie that we've read in the past several paragraphs where it talks about, you know, the joining together and the fellowship and the making of fast friendships and this helpfulness to one another. Um, that is the whole crux, I think, of the spiritual transformation. All of a sudden, instead of being a selfish and self-centered person, I am uh, more interested in how I can help other people. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not ever selfish or self-centered. I'm sorry to admit that those selfish thoughts come up often throughout the day, but what I do with them now is at first I ask God to remove them, and often it's removed at that point. So, But this whole camaraderie is about how can you be helpful to others. You know, right now there's not a whole lot of um, in-person meetings but when you do, isn't it wonderful when people walk in the door and immediately they see smiles and the sparkle in people's eyes welcoming them? You know, I just heard our leader welcome a newcomer to the meeting. And that's what we're all about, is being inclusive, never exclusive. Um, and anybody is welcome here. And that's what I think he's describing here, is that in these meetings, um, there was this generous spirit among them. And um, I'm just so grateful to the founders of this program who took the time to do the footwork. It was much more cumbersome in those days to spread this word than it is now with all the digital and, and electronic media and things that we have now to communicate. But uh, very grateful for them, very grateful for Overeaters Anonymous, and thank you for allowing me to be of service. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. 
And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the visions on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to comment on what was read this morning? Sandra S. Sandra. Barbara E. Barbara. Rachel K. Rachel K. Who? Someone after Rachel K. I missed. Uh, Zoe D. In the UK. Zoe. Okay. Thank you. Jennifer C. Jennifer C. You all are being so kind this morning. Melissa C. Melissa C. Okay. I think we have a great start. I have Sandra F., Barbara E., Rachel K., Zoe D., Jennifer C., and Melissa C. So, Sandra F., please share with us. Uh, good morning to everyone. I'm Sandra S. from Oklahoma, and I found this this paragraph to be, it was just right on time in my life as uh, I have decided to make a move from Oklahoma to the West. And I found myself yesterday thinking about the fact that I didn't know anybody uh, in Nevada. What was I going to do? I was getting just a little bit concerned. And then it hit me all of a sudden, and I found myself getting on the intergroup website of the Nevada OA chapter. And uh, I just wanted to say that this doctor had this uh, way back in the day, and I just had the opportunity to share with a physician um, how I did what I've done as far as the lifestyle change and uh, the weight loss and how it came about. And she was so surprised about it. So it is up to us to take the message of OA into the world. Uh, I know that there are several regional groups who we are working on getting uh, programs or information together for the uh, professional uh, community, medical community, to be able to hand out to their patients. Uh, and I think it's great because it's been a wonderful success to me. When I look at all the diet books that are in my library and nothing ever worked and how this spiritual aspect of change came about into my life through OA uh, and the big book and the friends and the camaraderie that I have, I couldn't do it without. I couldn't do it without it. And so it's just been marvelous. And I just wanted to say, keep doing what we're doing, inviting people in. And I like because they compared that there's a lot of travel between East and West and how we volunteer to do things. We just keep doing that. Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sandra F. And Barbara E., you're up, followed by Rachel K. Good morning, everyone. Well, what spoke to me in this paragraph is the doctor suggests that we look to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. I didn't come to OA to recover on a spiritual basis. I came for a diet. I came in because I was desperate. I didn't come to OA to make friends, but I did find a fellowship I never expected to. I found people who ate like me, thought like me, ate out of the garbage, 
eighth had food hidden all over the house, I'd finally found my tribe. I'm so grateful for the tools that are the handrails that I use every day to maintain my weight and to work this beautiful 12-step program in order to recover on the spiritual basis that too was mentioned in the paragraph. For me, my spirituality is composed of really just one word, change. A change in my relationships, my values, and my life purpose. It's a sense of something greater than myself that I trust is there for me, keeping me focused and keep me from blurting out my first thought. To pause and wait for that second thought that might help me to resist saying simple that it, something that is dishonest, hurtful, controlling, and manipulative. And while today we don't meet literally in our homes, in the community, we are able to take advantage of a variety of meetings all over the world. And there's never been a meeting where I haven't received a valuable nugget that I could think about and perhaps incorporate into my recovery efforts. I find when I speak to another person, I learn so much and I'm so grateful for without this program, without OA, I know I would be doomed because for me, this is a killer disease and my head sends me harmful lying message that I had to pray to ignore and for just one day to go to bed recovered. But just like Bill Murray to wake up every morning remembering I'm a volume compulsive overeater and ask God how I can best serve him and to remember my three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action, lots of action. And before every weighed meal, to say a prayer to God, thanking him for my nourishing food I enjoy, but not to activate my disease, disease of wanting more. And then after my meal to make a call to another Hi. member to put a beautiful period to the end of my meal. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E., and Rachel K, you're up, followed by Zoe D. Um, hi, I'm sorry. This is Rachel K, compulsive overeater in Northern California for just another month. Um, yeah, thank you so much for calling on me. And um, just like Barb, I uh, zeroed in on... Um, uh, who are willing, the doctor had an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. And what this reminds me of is uh, another part of the book where it says, rarely have we seen a person fail. Those who do not recover are people who will, cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women, who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. It's like, okay, who, anybody can recover in this program. Because I always say, if I can recover after being in this program for 15 years, and then finally recovering by the grace of God and putting down the food in 2000, 
um, almost 21 years ago. And I say that not because it's my wonderful story, but it's God's wonderful story. Um, you know, then anybody can. But what what is that requirement that we are that we are willing to live on a spiritual basis? And what is what is the requirement for that? Not necessarily necessary that I believe in in your God or my God or or anybody's God, um, because even though you know I call my God God, um, I, I you know it can be it can be whatever your spiritual basis is. But the requirement for living on a spiritual basis is honesty with myself, constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. And, you know, I had an encounter with a family member that I find really challenging who has this disease, and it's hard for me to have compassion for her. But I have to remember she is constitutionally incapable of being honest with herself. By the grace of God, I am capable of being honest with myself. Now, does that mean I am always honest with myself? No. Um, And when I have trouble with my character defects, that is when I realize, okay, Rachel, am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with God? That's, That's how I really get to work step six and seven with my toughest character defects of, okay, what are the parts of me that I don't want to look at or the things that I'm not being honest with myself about? You know, by the grace of God, I can be honest about the food now and what foods trigger me and how I'm eating and everything, but I have to be constitutionally incap- uh, capable capable of, of being completely 100% honest with myself, with others, and with God of of my grosser handicaps and, you know, those little things. Okay, Rachel, you really, really being real about those little things that block me off from the sunlight of the spirit. Because ultimately I'm, it's not even the food oh, thank you, that blocks me. It's it's those those things, those character shortcomings. So um thanks for letting me share this morning and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. And Zoe D, you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Hi, I'm Zoe D um, from the UK, recovered compulsive overeater. And um, yeah, I just really wanted to express my gratitude this morning um, for the pro- for this program, for the founders, um, and for this, especially this vision meeting. Um, So I came into recovery through a treatment centre and all the people that were in the treatment centre had all been in recovery and they were all volunteering. It was a free service in my area Um, and that's how I came into recovery um, in the first place and it just amazes me, you know, all these years after how this message is still going strong. and then, you know, I went to normal OA meetings. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't really get the message strong enough um, until I came to vision. And yeah, it's just been a game changer for me. I feel like this is, I feel like this meeting is probably the closest thing to what we would have had like in the, in the start. Uh, because my experience is that, you know, some of the meetings get a bit watered down. 
um, and that's okay. But I like I needed to hear the solution. I needed to hear all the people talking about the spiritual side of this, not just the physical, so that I could get well. And um, I've actually been asked to go in a couple of weeks back to the treatment centre to um, talk about my journey. And there's new people there. Um, so to go back and share my experience, strength and hope and just so grateful that I'm able to do that, not from an ego point of view, but because I genuinely want to share what, you know, pass on what, what's been given to me. Um, so, yeah, just feeling really grateful today. Thanks all for listening. Thank you, Zoe D. And Jennifer C., you're up, followed by Melissa C., Hi, good morning. Um, this is Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, you know, what stuck out to me in this is, you know, the fast friendships, the fast friendships. Um, we come for the vanity, we stay for the sanity, right? And then we're given a family. Um, no wonder my disease works so hard to keep me isolated, right? Like, no wonder my disease fought so hard to convince me to separate myself from this program and from all of you. Um, and no wonder, you know, like when it can't convince me to eat, it tries to convince me to step back, step back from all of you. Um, you know, this unity and this love has healing power. And I must learn my disease. I must learn the voice of my disease, which is a process, you know, and because I've been restored to sanity today, I can spot the many ways that my disease lies to me around food, right? Like it won't hurt just a little bit more, no big deal, small compromises, no big deal. It's only a yellow light food, whatever that means. But am I willing to identify the voice that wants to separate me from all of you and am I willing to say, that's also my disease, right? Like, so to the newcomer, we love you. Like, we love you. We are not perfect. We are fellow addicts who also need God. We have blind spots. But we are all connected in such a deep spiritual way that is beyond words. We come for the vanity. God gives us sanity. And then he also gives us a spiritual family. And I have been so healed in this process just by staying connected and not letting my disease pull me back from the hands and feet of God. So whatever you do, do not give up before the miracle happens. Keep making those calls, right? Like when it feels awkward, when you don't know what you're going to say, keep making the calls anyway. And I promise you that when you do that, when you make every single one of those calls, you are helping someone else. So don't let this disease isolate you, either through excess food or through this isolation. And I love you all so much, and thank you for being my family today. God bless you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. And Melissa C., you're up. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Melissa Samer, recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and 
Oh, amen to Jennifer. <laughs> that's that's my girl because I was thinking, you know, similar stuff. Um, yeah, my disease loves to separate me from fast friendships. It tells me it's not real. It helps me find fault with those around me. It helps me either feel inferior or superior. And this disease loves isolation, um, you know. But, but you know, before that in the paragraph, it talked about this doctor having this ability to sort of select the people who are able and willing to recover on a spiritual basis. And I think I don't have that ability. <laughs> I don't seem to have that ability. I think I look at people and I think, yeah, of course they can. You know, and I think that's, you know, that's part of my personality. I'm I'm eternally optimistic, but I've also learned to to have um real you know um oh gosh to have a little more uh, realistic perspective too because um you know I I don't know I can look at someone and think absolutely they they need this program aren't they done aren't they desperate and they're not right and so what I found for myself what sort of helps me, because I don't think that my job is to select people. You know, I, I think my job personally is to cast my net real wide. And um, and and I think that's what was done for me, because the people that cast their net wide for me, they, they, they gave me the clear direction. They gave me a lot of hope, because I saw them living in a way that I wanted. I saw them... Yes, in normal sized bodies, but they were smiling and they were calm, and they you know would use words like gratitude and thank you god and and the other was a part of me that wanted to separate myself out from them, right like thought thought that I was somehow beneath you know above that or beneath them um but they cast their net wide, and that's sort of what I do i I don't know if someone's going to be able and willing um and what you know what I do is um i I give people opportunity, you know, if I'm a, if I don't, if I have the time, right? Then I tell them what this program is. I give people some things to do, and if they do it, maybe they are able and willing, right? And and if they are not, that's okay. I never know when they're going to decide to swim into the net, whether it's mine or someone else's. Um, I've made some of the best lifelong sisters and brothers in this program of recovery who have walked with me through some really hard times um, and have given me the opportunity to be there for them in their hard times. And just really grateful. Thanks so much with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And we are on page 162 in the big book in the chapter, A Vision for You. We've been reading, we read the first paragraph that begins every few days, this doctor and comments on that paragraph. And who else would like to share this morning? Bonnie B. from Florida. Rick J. Rick J. Janet H. Janet H. Ken W.H. Vasa O. Ken W.H. Vasa. Ginger C. Devorah. Ginger. Hang on. Devorah S. Ginger C. That may be all we, I'll have, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll Sue get Sue Okay, Sue Ann, I'm going to add you to the end, and I'll tell you who I have. And I can read my own handwriting. I think Barbara B., Rick J., Janet H., Ken W.H., Vasa O., Devorah S., Ginger C., and Sue Ann D. So we'll try and see how we do. 
Barbara B., please share with us. Was it Barbara B. or Bonnie B.? Oh, I'm sorry, Bonnie B. Yep. That's okay. No, thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Bonnie B. Um, from Minnesota, currently in a chilly Florida. Um, gratefully recovered by the grace of God today. So the words that stuck out to me in this paragraph were just a couple. Go there to help, and there are the same fast friendships, the same helpfulness to one another. You know, this is, this is the thing that kept me in this program. My journey wasn't a straight line. Um, you know, it was five years of bouncing in and out, bouncing in and out. But every single time I came back, the people were there. And there was no judgment. And what did, I, what did I feel? I felt acceptance. And I felt love. And I felt friendship. And, and um, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that I offer to people. As was so well said um, earlier on, I don't get to decide. It's not my job to decide. I used to think it was my job to decide. Um, what a transformation that was. It's not my job to decide. I have no idea what God's got for each person that he weaves in and out of my life. Um, what I do know is what he wants is best, and I do know that each of us have our own personal journeys, and it's not my place to say where someone else should be. So what do I bring to the equation? I bring um, open arms. I bring a friendship. I bring a no strings attached. Call me whenever, no matter what, right? doesn't matter where you're at because I've been where you're at. And by the grace of God, you know, I'm not today, but I'm one thought away from going back again. And so this paragraph to me just screams unconditional love, friendship. And that's what I feel in these rooms. I mean, it's a group of people like I've never known. It's my family. And I've got six kids and a whole bunch of grandkids and, um, you know, but this is my family. This is my herd. And this is what I needed to feel when I came in, even though I wasn't recovered. And so this is what I desire to bring, and, um, and, um, and I feel from all the people that are out there, and every time I get on these phone lines, my heart just patters fast because I'm so grateful and so thankful for this group and for the people that put this on. And so for the, to the newcomer, um, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, and it's a good spot, as everyone else has said. Um, no strings attached. And thank you so much, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Bonnie B. And Rick J., you're up, followed by Janet H., uh, thank you, Lisa. My name is uh, Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive over here in North Carolina. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything new to add to the shares. I just wanted to, to jump in there and just share my gratitude, though, um, for this vision that, that they're talking about, this vision for all of us. And, you know, we who are um, recovering on a spiritual basis, we're willing and able to do this. And that's, for me, what connects me so strongly to the people I've come to know and love, even without meeting you face-to-face. And I can't wait to do that, you know. I, I feel sometimes I'm a little bit like a, you know, an orphan. You know, I'm, I want so much to be, um, you know, a part of uh, meetings and, you know, go to the, connect, um, the conventions that uh, other people have gotten to go to. And a lot of us, you know, coming in and really getting – a firm footing on recovery here in the last little bit have, have been able to um, enter the world of Zoom and be connected. And uh, we do go to meetings all over the world together. And then I hear your stories. I hear your experience. I hear your strength. I hear your hope. I can so relate to you. And then I see 
you know, the world of recovery that you're living in. And I get calls from people, you know, needing a step 10 or just making an outreach. And, and I have someone saying hello on the other end when I'm doing the same. I love that. I, I need that so much. And um, it's, it's keeping me in a world of, of light. And, and it's been said, you know, it's, it's love, that friendship, that helpfulness. And it's freedom. It's freedom. So I know that for me to get here, I have to do the work that's outlined in these steps, so beautifully described in this book. But here we are together, you know, that's what binds me to you is that you have done the work and continue to do the work in this book and are recovering and living on a spiritual basis. You know, and yes, as was said, not we're not perfect. But we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. We claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, because we know we're not cured. But we can truthfully say we're recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. And we do this together. And I need you. I need that fellowship. I have a disease that wants to kill me. I didn't ask for that, but there it is. It wants me alone. It wants me in the dark. It wants me shut off. And it wants me dead. And um, I'm willing today to go to any length <laughs> to get what others have had in recovery. And I do that by staying connected to you and by continuing to do the work that's in here. But I love it that I can do it with you. I love it that I can be here feeling the love and freedom that my higher power is connecting me to through you. And I'm willing to do that today. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. And Janet H., you're up, followed by Ken W.H. Hi, everybody. I'm Janet H. from New Jersey. I'm uh, just returning. Um, what, what really stuck out for me, and I, I have an example of this, is, is this line about, you know, making fast friendships and a helpfulness to one another and these helpful interchanges. And... Um, you know, I'm really seeing that in real time. I uh, went to the food store yesterday, which is interesting, early in recovery, and I needed to go down the aisle to get uh, sunflower seeds for my husband. And, oh, my goodness, I saw a package of cashews, and it literally excited me. And I remembered hearing somebody on the line say, you danced. And I was like, oh, I don't dance. But I, it was equivalent to this package dancing it, it really excited me and then I got I wasn't tempted by it per se I was just kind of observing my reaction to this package and I thought wow isn't that interesting and uh you know and I, I didn't pick it up I went and I got the rest of my food and and I went out and and I um made phone calls in in the parking lot I called somebody and uh you know, I was a little feared up about, you know, this food. It just, you know, comes out of nowhere, um, this 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 excitement about just seeing a package. And one woman I talked to, she said, well, what would you have done if you weren't in, in solid recovery? And we went over that, and I laughed. We laughed because she could relate with me how I would have excused myself because, after all, it is cashews. It's not you know, flour, sugar, and, um, you know, and then on and on. I forget exactly how it, how it went, but it was, 
it was funny, but it wasn't funny because those are the kind of things where where I went out again. Uh, you know, just excusing myself to have something that's not on my meal plan. And then I called others, and people said, you know, I'm in this with you. We're in this together. And just those phone calls made me feel so close, and uh, nobody shamed me or or told me I shouldn't feel that way or anything like that. They just accepted and talked to me, and it stripped away the fear, the you know, the big boogeyman, of food, the toothless lion, and, you know, I went on with my day, and um, I don't know, I, I love this program, I have for a very long time, and now I see the need to connect in with people like I never have before, so I'm Janet H. from New Jersey, you may be getting a phone call from me, thanks. Thank you, Janet H., and Ken W.H., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Thank you so much. This is Ken W.H., um, <clears throat> recovered uh, compulsive overeater from North Carolina. I'm recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, yeah, fellowship, it's a great thing. And I've also heard often in meetings that fellowship won't keep me abstinent uh, all by itself. It is a wonderful thing, and I've experienced fellowship in many different parts of the world and uh, been embraced by it, and I I have great respect for our fellowship and our getting together and talking to one another. If we're not talking about uh, the steps of recovery and what it takes to fully surrender and become fully honest, then... um, then I'm dancing around frothy, frothy emotional appeal. I need that fellowship to be one that can uh, stand in front of me and tell me what they see. When uh, when I'm not talking the truth, not talking um, the facts of uh, my disease and the, the need for the recovery offered through the 12 steps and and going to any lengths to uh, achieve that using um, or being a part of the fellowship that is doing the same. I'm aware that, you know, putting this in context, when this book was written, there was no interstate uh, highway system in place. That didn't come until the 50s with uh, President Eisenhower. And so these people were traveling east to west. West was Akron <laughs> from New York. That was as far as west went. Um, that's not that far, but it was hours and hours away on probably Route 46 and in cars that were fortunate if they could do 55 miles an hour. And they went to any lengths, and they made those trips back and forth so they could be with one another, not just to be uh, friendly to one another, but to recover together in the fullest sense of the word. So I thank you for letting me share today. Thanks. Thank you, Ken W.H. And Vasa O., you're up, followed by Devorah S. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovering, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from um, Port Charlotte, Florida. Good meeting. I love coming to Division for you because I love reading one paragraph at a time and just dissecting them, uh, that paragraph because my mind doesn't absorb one or two or three pages. I get confused and I get lost. 
So I love coming, you know, to the meetings, and I just, um, I love the shares. And, um, yes, I did have the gift of desperation when I came to my first meeting. And, uh, and somebody said to me, that's a good thing to have, to have the desperation. But I'm just saying, oh, no, but how am I going to give up all those foods that I really loved over the years, you know? And she said, well, we need to find the power greater than ourselves, which is, God, whatever, whatever they called it at that time, but I like the thought of, I like the spiritual part. I didn't want to have to do that much with the, with the religious part, and I did go, I did have church and all that, but that didn't help me when it came to the food addiction. I needed to go to a place where I could identify with other people and how they were being able to, to recover. And I remember coming to my first meeting and really paying attention how the program worked. Work. Really, have we seen a person who, faced, who, who has uh, recovered, who has thoroughly followed our bad path? And I wanted, I wanted to recover, and I wanted to follow that path because I didn't want to die. So, yes, uh, I love the you know, the, the connection. I love going to, because I was living my own world, you know, and I love connecting with people face to face. And we used to have people that were recovered and they were speakers. They would bring their clothes and show them where they were before they came to recovery and where they were. I just couldn't believe. I said, oh my God, some of the, you know, I just, I, how could they, you know? And I said, I don't think I could ever reach there. But my sponsor said, one day at a time, you know, and working the program, and you will be there like everyone else is there. But I, I know for me, it's, um, uh, it's uh, my treatment is coming here every single day. I didn't go to, my doctors would give me diets, but none of that worked. But my treatment is here for my disease of compulsive eating. It's the physical, emotional, and the spiritual part. And I did come for the vanity, but I stayed for the vanity. Thank you, God. And I thank God that I've met some of you people at the convention. And this is awesome. You know, now I can hear people from different countries, from one state to another, from east to west, from north to, oh, it's just amazing. I'm just so, so grateful for this program. It saved my life. Of course, you know, I needed to find a power greater than myself. I said, I don't care whether it's a higher power, whatever you call it, I want this recovery. And that was the answer to my problem that I've been trying to get in the food or other people tried to give me the answer to my problems. None of that worked. I found it here. Thank you for letting me share, and I passed. Thank you, Vasa O. And Devorah S., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Devorah S. from New Jersey. Thank you all for making this meeting possible and all the wonderful shares. So I just can't but help notice, you know, this um, the sentence here that says, um, understanding our work, you can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. And... Yeah, I just think of this of Dr. Silkworth um, and the work that he did. You know, you know, how many times did I go to did I go to a doctor and 
Nobody said to me, oh, you know, there's a spiritual program out there. I think it will be really beneficial for you. You know, I think this will be work for you. After all, you're a religious woman. This could go for you. You know, doctors today, they don't even know about this. And um, and, and a spiritual program? No way. You know, the, you know, the doctors is all into that. This is, this is, you know, it's about medicine and I know what's right. And this, this, you know, um, so it's just unbelievable that he was willing to pass this along, even though it wasn't, um, uh, a, um, something that he learned in medical school. Um, and that tells me how, how humble he was and the actions that he took to spread this, you know, the, you know, how willing he was. He wasn't just writing a prescription and passing it along. He really took time to see who would who would benefit from this, who was really willing to do the work involved. And um, and then, of course, it spread to everyone around them, all the people, the, the fellowship. You know, they, they were growing together and they were there for one another. And and that's what's absolutely amazing. Yes, it was a small group and it was easier. Everyone had to depend on each other. But, you know, even in a, in a large group, we need that even more where we're there for one another and we, and we can't say, oh, the next person will, someone else can pick up the flag. But here, this is where I'm learning here from you and the meeting here. We're all involved to make this to work. We're all out there. We want it. We want to be there for one another um, because that's what makes this this um, the program to work, and um, and that was develop our fast fellow the friendships with one another and the helpfulness with one another that we put each other, um, you know, you're important to one another. We're all important to one another because we have what to give, and um, and I think that's it for me today. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Devorah S. And Ginger C., you're up, followed by Sue Ann D. Hi, good morning. I think this is Elaine, but if I'm mistaken, my apologies. But thank you, nonetheless, for your service. I am Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater, people. Oh, my God, day five, but I'm hanging in there. And, man, a cautionary tale. If you've been given this gift, don't stop. It's not recover, recover, recover. It's continue, continue, continue. Because as an addict, and especially a real compulsive overeater, I have no choice and no control when it comes to food. I am powerless. I am seeing step one in a way that I have never seen step one before. And without this spiritual program, without this God, I think I need to go to a tattoo parlor today and put God, God, God on my body. Because that's my answer. And it's the last place I go to most times because I'm so selfish and so self-centered thinking about me. And I get distracted in a myriad of ways. So thank God this power works because I'm going to tell you people, I was in the kitchen yesterday morning getting ready to go to work. And I have my food plan and I have it in place and I know my three meals. But guess what? There was a box of cereal and it was oat and honey and granola and I thought, hmm. That's okay. I can eat that. That's healthy. That's good for my body. This is how sick and twisted I am for food. And granted, I'm only days out. That neutrality will come at that 10-step promise. I'm not there yet. And it may even return once that that 10-step promise is in place. But thank God for the power because I poured the bowl, I poured the milk, I had the spoon, and I didn't take a bite. 
thank you, God, doing for me what I cannot do. So where is God today? And, you know, the more I work this program, the more I see things, the more from these relapses that are really just teaching me, because the truth of my relapse, a big part is that God wants me to do some work that I don't want to do. It's painful. I've run from it my whole life. It's dormant, and I thought it was silent and down deep and just going to stay there, and it's not. And the road is narrowing. It's either you face this, and you face this and heal with God, or you're going to eat. Guaranteed, Ginger, 31 sober, 31 years sober and Alcoholics Anonymous, your, your life has been shopping and sugar. I know the truth. I know the reality. And we have three stances. We're either blocked, we have an open stance, or we have like a mid stance where we're blocked and open. And finally, finally, I'm open to doing this work that I know God needs me to do. And why? Because if I do this work, I can help you. I can help another person in a way that is incredible, that I don't want to miss, but let it begin with me. I have to do my part. And that's the price that has to be paid. And it is freaking hard because it's pain. And I don't like pain. But again, what choice do I have to continue to eat and relapse or to finally face the music? And I'm coming home, people, and I'm so excited. I love you all. And just keep continuing because that's the most important thing. It's today, right here, right now. Where is God? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And Sue Ann D., you have two minutes. Please share with us. Hi, I'm Sue Ann D. I'm a recovering um, compulsive overeater. And thank you for your service today, everyone that makes this meeting possible. Um, I wanted to um, say that recently, I went uh, was diagnosed with diabetes, and I went to the head of the di- nutritionist for diabetics at my local hospital, and she had no idea what a food addiction was. And I, in the past, I would have been really angry. Um, but instead, I decided to uh, get her a big book and um, an OA book and uh, give it to her um, so that she would be able to pass it on to others. Um, I have found a humbleness and not feeling like the world is revolving around me. Um, and the disease um, does want me to be isolated and I know that I need to make my phone calls, I need to do outreach, and I also need to do service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sue Ann D. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, January 26, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 18,461. That's 18461. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Jean S., will you please read a book 
uh, read A Vision for You, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Jean S. from Utah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is still in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.